Don't beat you over the head with our opinion. And we listen to yours. The new face of talk radio. Voice America Women's Radio Network. Welcome to the Catherine Zox Show. This informative and entertaining show will start your mornings off on the right foot. Here's your host, Catherine Zox, your social worker with the microphone. Hi, I'm Catherine Zox, and I am your social worker with the microphone. Welcome to the Catherine Zox Show on Voice America, voiceamerica.com. Women, good morning. How are you this morning? Uh, joining me this morning, as she has on every show, actually, is my business coach, Lauren Beller. She's president of Big Fish Nation, which is a uh, 12-month entrepreneurial program, a business coach program, which you can take from the comfort of your own home or office. How are you this morning, Lauren? Good morning, Catherine. I'm excellent. How are you? I'm good. We have a great show coming up today. And, you know, I'm, I'm really nervous today, and I have to tell you why. I'm as nervous today as I was when I did the first show a few weeks ago because I sent out all these what they call e-cards for advertising and marketing. Uh, I did what you told me. If you're going to do the show, you need to market it. Okay. So we got to get the word out there, and I did. I sent out like hundreds of them. So then I get all these emails back. We'll be listening to the show this morning. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no, I don't really want you to listen to the show. So we have lots uh, of people that know you listening today. Yeah, and know you, too. Oh, no, you didn't yeah. warn me about that. Yeah, mutual friends, business friends, and friends friends. So we have so people are actually listening this morning and uh, could call in family, friends, associates, everybody. But, Lauren, great show today because, you know, one of my favorite topics, anybody who knows me, and anybody who's listening, by the way, uh, wait. I'm always, I can't, I don't think I've ever done a show where I haven't talked about my weight or somebody else's weight. So today's show is all about weight, folks. Uh, and we have a very famous personality, Kalia Ali. And if you read your e-card or in my email blast, you'll know that uh, she is the daughter of Muhammad Ali. And she has uh, co-authored a new book called Fighting Weight. And uh, she got up to 320, uh, 325 pounds, Lauren, um, which is morbidly obese. And the book is all about her struggle to lose weight and how she finally does it. And then the second part of the show, I have this choreography, this is perfectly choreographed, what do you call it, choreographed, uh, choreographed. I have Dr. Pamela Peek, who wrote the Fit to Live, the Five-Point Plan to Become Lean, Strong, and Fearless for Life. And when I saw that title, I thought of you. <laughs> because you are. I mean, you you had a baby at 41 years old. 40, 40, 40. <laughs> <laughs> 40, 40, 40, 40 years old. Lauren had a baby at 40 years old, and I think the day after you gave birth, you were thin, and not just thin, but you were strong and fearless and fit for life and lean and mean. You know, um, it's true. That it all is true. Thank you very, very much. And it's, to me, it, there is a simple formula about staying lean. It's just, it's so simple. It's, you have to put in less than you spent. You mean don't? How much? <laughs> That's true. But it's, you, but you have that kind of body. I mean, you send me pictures of you rock climbing, and you're a very outdoors kind of person, and you're you are you know the opposite of a couch potato. How tall are you? Five six. And so I the the appropriate weight or the weight the ideal weight for somebody five six is one seventeen to one fifty four. And I'm about one twelve. So you're perfect. Oh, you're underweight. I'm a little bit under. I am. So your body mass index is going to be lower than it's that. It's going to be a little bit under. And it's funny because if I try to gain weight, I cannot do it. And that's been the case for 40 years, 41 well, we years really now. really feel sorry. You will, how much sympathy do you get? I know. And no one wants to hear it. And um, I have to tell you, it's... A, 
it's a lot of work. It's just as much work to have this kind of metabolism as it is to have a di- the other kind of metabolism. Because so when you were in college, was everybody jealous of you? I mean, here you're sitting there trying to gain weight, and everybody's put on an extra 10 pounds. Well, I have to tell you, I have a great college weight gain story. And you didn't know this about me. But okay. when I went to college, I did not like eggs. But there was a really cute guy that was serving eggs. So I started to have eggs every morning so that I could see the cute guy. He made the eggs special for what he wanted, and I gained 15 pounds because I ate these huge egg breakfasts every morning. <laughs> Did you get the guy? Uh, he was a senior. I was a freshman. No, it didn't work out. But you know, let me tell you, it was a great freshman year just having eggs with Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have eggs with Bobby, but I gained 20 pounds this year, and I look like a little blip because I'm five feet one. Then I was five feet one and a half. I'm probably five feet now if I really admit to it, but if you're only five feet tall, you're supposed to weigh between 97 and 127 pounds. I'm about 109, so I'm just right there. You're right there. Perfect. Yeah, Yeah, but nobody, do you think that when women are jealous of you because you are thin, is that an issue? Do you feel that that's an issue? I, you I know, th- people bring it up all the time. I mean, I'm always, people, I had a company a week or two ago and someone made a comment of, um, they were talking to my daughter who's 16 months old, are you, are, Sierra, are you eating all your mother's food and that's why she's so skinny? I'm thinking, oh, you know, I'm, I've gotten that for 41 years. And that's a nasty comment. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is this, that underlying kind of like this, it's a compliment, one of the, what they a left-handed compliment or a exactly. backhanded, isn't it's it? Totally, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because they're they're jealous, so they say those kinds of nasty things. So, do you say anything back to them? You know, at that point, I think it's easier just to ignore it because you're, you know, what do, I just I don't give it energy because my philosophy is, as you know, give energy to that which you want more of. You know, I yeah. don't need more comments, so I don't even acknowledge it. Give energy, give energy to that which you want to grow. Also, your mother is thin. You're a thin family, so your daughter's going to be thin. But there's all this issue now. You have daughters. I have sons, so it doesn't come up quite in the same way, or it hasn't. But with little girls now, this focus on being thin and 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 eating disorders, and I'm sure that's going to come up as she gets older. I mean, she's almost two years old, and it it begins when they're very young. That whole body image thing, sexualizing little girls. It is amazing. I see it. I mean, you see it. It's interesting. I'll get a catalog in the mail, and I see her looking through the catalog with me, and I'm thinking, you know, that's probably not a good thing, you know? But who knows? You know, it's it's just interesting that that is such a young issue, I think, for girls in our country. Yeah. They start, well, they start dressing them up in little bikinis and and earrings and jewelry and all that kind of stuff. At two and three years old. Yeah. So what do you do? I mean, do you, I, I have, you know, and I've seen, Sierra Bella, she's not dressed that way, and she was a lot younger when I saw her when she came east. But so, what are you going to do about that, young mother? No, you're not a young mother. <laughs> you're a new mother, but not a young mother, and that's you okay. Constantly that's constantly remind me about being an old mother. I know. <laughs> Age is another one of my things. I have to... So, so what will I do? I, yeah. you know, I think it's about. Um, I like. I'm always about being comfortable and you know looking nice, but being comfortable. So. I don't see, and her father's the same way, so I don't see her being, uh, fortunately, I think that she's in a situation where I think she'll get, let's be comfortable first and be sure we look nice. And it's not about, you know, skinny, or, you know, her hair gets crazy. So what? She's a little girl, you know, and I think that's okay. Yeah, I remember being at the dinner table, and I was that teenage, you know, when you start to put on weight and you, you know, before you really kind of reach your go through puberty kind of thing and sitting there and having two or three helpings and my father kind of looking at me with like, do you really need that 
Yeah, and it's always the father, isn't it? Don't you think? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. Now, see, in my house, it was the father. My it's, mother would never say anything. Mine too. In my house, it was my father that would say comments about our weight, and did to my did to my sister, and to this day, she's got issues. Do you think it's because we have Jewish fathers? <laughs> it could be. <laughs> uh, it totally could be. It, yeah, I, because you know, people say, well, you know, my they have competition with their mother, and their mother was always, you know, trying to. You put them on the diet, and they should look fit. My mother never did that. Yeah, very interesting. Mine didn't either. It was like, however you are, is that you're great. Yeah, but it was my father, and if I had something on that he thought was inappropriate, he would tell me. He was much more concerned with the way his daughter looked than my mother was. So, But I don't think that's always true, and maybe it is. It's a cultural thing. It's different in different families. I think it is different in different families. I definitely have seen where there feels like a competition between the mother and daughter. You know, it feels like to be thin or to be attractive or whatever it is. I've seen that before. That That's hard to watch. I, I had I didn't have my mother didn't do that to me at all except I had a young mother because she had me when she was twenty four so she always looked great to me and it's and because uh, she was twenty four when she had me so she was still in her thirties when I was a teenager right yeah so she looked so, she looked great and she probably was a good role model too yes, without even was, knowing it yeah. She was a good, especially in terms of that stuff with looks, because I think there's a, uh, and I, you know, our next guest, uh, when, Kalia, when she's on, I'm going to ask her about that. But because uh, it's, I saw the show on, I think it was TLC the other day, and the woman that they featured on the show was probably in her 40s, and she weighed 675 pounds, and I was kind of mesmerized by it. I, you know, this kind of. I couldn't get away from the television set, even though I really didn't want to watch it. She had been stuck in her room for a year and a half. Oh, wow. And was trying to go, uh, was going to get gastric bypass surgery, uh, wanted to go to the Duke Clinic, you know, that famous weight loss clinic here on the East Coast, uh, Duke University, but they wouldn't even take her. I think you have to be in your 400s. You can't be 675 pounds. So she had to go do the gastric bypass surgery and then get into the Duke program. Uh-huh. Wow. But it was a, yeah, but... Lauren, she was like this very smart, very intelligent woman. And I just wondered, how did she get to that point? I mean, after you've gained 150 pounds, it would seem to me that... You, and yeah, you where's in, the bottom? Where's the right? end? Where's the end? Like, where's yeah. the bottom where you how decided that, to yeah, do something? I, I just can't imagine being that way. I watched the whole surgery, the gastric bi- bypass surgery. Um, and, you know, it was several surgeries, you know, because once you, if you weigh 675 pounds, you know the arms. Well, my arms are flabby and I'm thin. So <laughs> that flabby arm look, which I can't stand. You need a but little anyway. couple of weights when you do your walking. That's all. Look at weights? Yeah, a little bit. Just three or five pounds. Those little, you know, those, the, the three to five, the three pounders or the two pounders are pink and the five pounders <laughs> are blue. And what does that say? Five pounders. You, well, you know, it's so easy to get your arms in shape. You could come to my house and lift Sierra every day. I, that is. That does get your arms in shape. It's age. It is age. It's not so much weight. It's that there's something about the <laughs> process. Unless you really work out, you do get those flabby arms and flabby thighs. It's funny. Yeah. No, and you don't have that yet because you haven't reached that point. No, I don't have that yet. I, very, I actually did a talk the other day, and I had on a sleeveless top, and I was a number of – I mean, they, no one asked me about my talk. They all wanted to know what, what I did to work out. I said I lift a 16-month-old. <laughs> That's my point. So you're doing this talk. You're a business coach. You're a professional. You're a woman. You're out. And I, 
I am I would assume, and I'm not sure if this is true or not, was the audience mostly women? Yes, always. Yeah, so they're looking at you. And go on to Lauren's website because you can go on. You, you can look her up, Lauren Beller. dot com, just Lauren Beller or Lauren Beller Blake, um, and uh, take a look, and you'll see what she looks like, and you can understand why people ask you about your weight and your makeup and your hair because you really are. You're good looking. Well, thank you. It's, you yeah. know, that's, but the funny thing is, is that you know, I, to me, it only it's it's about having a little bit of focus regularly every you know every day on being conscious about what we're eating and how we're treating our bodies. I think it's so critical to take care of our bodies in order to do our thing, whatever our thing is in the world. You know, Americans are not taking care of their bodies. So coming up next to talk to us about that is Kalia Ali, author of Fighting Weight. You're listening to The Catherine Zock Show. I'm your social worker with a microphone on voiceamerica.com, women. We talk with you, not at you. We're Voice America, Women's Radio Network, the new face of talk radio. Between work and home, have-to-dos and want-to-dos, and exploring personal beliefs about ourselves and the world, there doesn't seem to be enough hours in the day to do it all. So how do we keep our mental and physical balance? On Living Well, Feeling Great, with licensed clinical and health psychologist, author and host, Dr. Peter Lambro, learn how to create a healthy and balanced work, personal, and spiritual life. Dr. Lambro and his expert guests explore the fields of hypnosis, nutrition, energy psychology, mental and emotional health, exercise, clearing self-sabotage, and other innovative pathways to manage life successfully and joyously. Learn to eliminate chronic anger, frustration, or disappointment, and hear about the techniques such as how to install positive beliefs. Living Well, Feeling Great with Dr. Peter Lambro broadcasts each Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Living Well, Feeling Great, helping you reach your goals. The true meaning of your dreams doesn't have to be a mystery. Join host Bob Haas, author and pioneer in dream science, to understand what your dreams mean and how they impact your daily life. Bob and his panel of experts from the International Association for the Study of Dreams will provide facts about dreams and discuss techniques of translating your own dreams and how you can use them for your mental and physical well-being. Dreamtime will further explore the research and science of dreaming and deliver a powerful comprehension of the function of dreaming. Listen live to Dreamtime with Bob Haas every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network and discover the science behind your dreams. Again, that's every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Radio that talks with you, not at you. Voice America, Women's Radio Network. You're listening to The Catherine Zox Show on the Voice America Women's Channel. If you'd like to join our conversation this morning, call now. The toll-free number is 866-472-5788. That number again is 866-472-5788. Welcome back. I'm Catherine Zox, and you are listening to The Catherine Zox Show live here on Voice America, and it's voiceamerica.com women. I'm your social worker with a microphone. Joining me this morning is Kalia Ali. She is the daughter of Muhammad Ali, and she is the author of the book Fighting Weight, How I Achieved Healthy Weight Loss with Banding, a new procedure that eliminates hunger. Welcome to the show. Nice to have you on, Kalia. 
Oh, thank you for having me. Good morning. Yeah, it amazes me because I've seen your picture, as most of my listeners have, uh, in magazines news, uh, and on the net, and you're gorgeous. You are a super-plus model, but you eventually reached the morbidly obese weight of 325 pounds. How did you do that? Yes, I did. I was uh, 325 for two years after the birth of my son, and it's really simple. It's simple math. You know, you take in more than what you exercise. I was born vegan, so I always had a tendency to eat good foods. I got really huge eating good foods. I traveled my first year after my son, logging in over 100,000 frequent flyer miles. And I was just not allowing my body to do what nature needed it to do. And I ate my way through every bit of stress and pain uh, that I had, and to the point that I got to be 335 pounds. I was listening to you previously about how people get to be as large as 600 pounds plus, and I've been very fortunate to have befriended individuals who are this weight, and notoriously so, actually. It could have even been the one woman you've seen on television. And some people are genetically predisposed. It may be possible that your body or the person next to you cannot physically do that. Furthermore, new research is showing that hunger is very different from person to person, like anything else. Some of us are just really very hungry all of the time. We can't beat our hunger. But, Claudia, is that, do you, is that you're saying is that's a genetic predisposition. Uh, actually, in your book, you said 90% of us have the potential for being obese. But isn't there a psychological side to that, too? I mean, you said after Absolutely. your baby was born, you, you were eating your way in, into oh. oblivion. Uh, but it has to come before that, doesn't it? I mean, there has to be the, some kind of a psychological uh, motivation for eating like that. What I think, I think you're absolutely right. I completely agree, but I think that it's layered, and I think it's, it's especially important to know as women that it's an individual situation and that we have to look at ourselves as individuals, get really silent, go within, and work out what's best for us, including body size and the proper journey. I'm certainly not a cheerleader for bariatric surgery. This was just my individual choice. So yes, it is layered. For some people, it's more psychological. For some people, they might have a greater genetic propensity. It's just not fair to put all obese people in one box and point a finger. And it's a funny thing because when you're heavy, it's kind of like you wear it on your skin. If I were an alcoholic or chemically dependent somehow, it would all be a secret. You couldn't look at me and see. So when we look at obese people, we tend to feel like we know what they did or what their problem is right away or what's wrong with them. Yeah, I think there's a tendency to discriminate against them, too, for the reason that you're talking about, because you can see it. It's right there. Or that they have control over it. Why don't they do something about it and somehow we don't see weight gain as an addiction? Absolutely. It's it's a disease, and it's claiming us. I lost a very dear girlfriend, 37 years old, two children, was just getting married one week from her marriage, died waiting for surgery, massive heart attack. Mm. I'm really, you know, getting back, and you mentioned the 600-plus, 627-pound woman. At what point, because you went up to 325 pounds, I mean, were there points along the way or that, let's, you know, let's say we have listeners or people, you know, 50 pounds, should you do something then? Do you go to a doctor or do you, like at what point do you say, okay, I have to do something about this? You know, it's funny. Everyone, I, I belong to the Moment of Truth campaign, um, and it's momentoftruth.org. There's a whole little assessment tool there that you can take. It's like a quiz. Everybody's different. For me, my moment was I realized I was turning 30, young enough to still live my life, but old enough to 
know better. And I looked at my son. My, my book is dedicated to my son and parents who never took a photo with their mommy. I said, God forbid I die tomorrow. There's not a photo. I've hid from everything. There's not a videotape. The man in my life, Spencer, you know, we've never been intimate without the lights completely out and me, like, contorting my body, you know, to make sure he didn't feel a bulge of fat. I had not in my life. And, you know, you keep getting these moments, but there comes that one that's just kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back. And really, it wasn't a loud moment for me. It was a silent moment. It was a moment where I went within, and it was an act of surrender. And the second moment of truth for me was knowing that there something was out there to help me. And before you go lie yourself on a cold slab and get your body altered, you know, um, to, to help you not eat, you've got to say, hey, look, i got a problem. I had to throw my hands up and say, I surrender here. Since second grade, I've been dieting. I was on today's show for the first time in second grade for weight loss and then um, actually had my surgery live on today's show to show how quick and easy it is to get because uh, it's nothing like the bypass. Yeah, gastric banding, we should talk about that before we have to say goodbye. Uh, sure. Yeah, because it is different than gastric bypass, and as you describe it, is not as dangerous. The uh, So tell us what is, not everybody knows what gastric banding is. It's actually, um, the differences are it's adjustable, it's reversible, it's the only one that combats hunger. You go in, it's a 45-minute surgery. In a lot of cases, it's outpatient surgery. There's no cutting of your intestine, so there's no malabsorption or malnutrition issues. And what your stomach now looks like is a figure eight with the band around it. There's a cord with a port to the abdomen. It's adjusted in the doctor's office. The adjustments take all of three minutes with a skinny needle to the port, putting saline in that makes the band tighter or looser, causing restriction. Colleen, is that painful when they when the doctor adjusts it, makes those kinds of adjustments? Oh, no. And I'm yeah. a real baby when it comes to needles. It really, really isn't. And, you know, you, I also say, look, you got to pay a price. Somewhere along the line, you've got to do something. Roll up your sleeves and do a little work, and, and that's what happens. You know, you do get that adjustment. So if you have that, let's say you're young and you want to have another, you're pregnant, how does that work? Like if you have, like if you have the gastric banding and then you want to get pregnant. So glad you mentioned that because that's one reason I chose it. Uh, once you take all the fluid out of the band, you can eat just like normal. Consequently, hunger comes back too and you've got to be careful. Um, so if you want to have a baby, you take all your fluid out of your band and walk on just like in a matter of three minutes and continue your pregnancy completely as if you'd never had surgery, really. Is it a way? Is it something that you have to do now for the rest of your life, or is it something that uh, at some point you can take the whole band off and still stay thin? I am keeping my band for life because I'm aware the problems I have will probably be with me for life. This is who I am. Some people choose to remove their band. I had a very humbling reality when I got a little overconfident and took all the fluid out of my band for a couple of weeks, as did my surgeon, George Fielding, who has a band. And he gained, I think, 15 or 12 pounds in one week. You know, it was crazy. Um, for me, I gained like a 10, 15 pounds over a couple months. I said, oh. This is why I have it. Yeah. When you start gaining weight or when you did start gaining weight, I know for me I sort of have this mechanism of I start feeling depressed if I gain oh. five pounds. And that's sort of a built-in kind of mechanism. I think that prevents me from, you know, taking it further and gaining, t- you know, 10, 20, 30 pounds. And I think... I, I, was, I was so sick and tired of letting my happiness and self-worth be presided over by a scale. And for the three years that I've had my band, this is as stable as my weight's been my entire life, and it's freed me up. It's been very cathartic 
to kind of go within and look at my demons and see what is going on with me and really try to get on top of that. It's a journey. It's going to be a long one, but now I can do it without the scale and my hunger chasing me. Yeah, because when you're that heavy, when you get up to 325 pounds or even less than that, people treat you differently, and you mentioned it. You mentioned your partner or your boyfriend. I mean, sex changes for you or you don't have sex or your kids are embarrassed of of, for you and about you and don't want you to go to school with them. So you you really are isolating yourself physically and emotionally when you get way that much or morbidly obese. P.S., guess what? Probably not going to live that long either. The statistics are everywhere, and that's what really brought it home to me. I mean, I design for women. I have a plus-size collection of sewing patterns with simplicity and women's clothing, and I feel women can be beautiful no matter what size they are, but we have to be healthy. So as long as you're healthy and you're in a reasonable BMI and your blood pressure, your sugar, and all that checks out, great. Because we all do come in different shapes and sizes. Yes, but we need to listen to you more because, uh, you know, in your book you mentioned, and I've read the statistic before, I mean, 20 million Americans, Mm -hmm. as you say, can't get their seatbelt around them on the airplane. 20 million Americans? It's humiliating, too. It happened to me. (laughs) It happened. I was offered that extender, and she was loud, and it kind of was like she was really ticked off with me. You know, it was just weird. It was like I was completely inconveniencing her, and you know what? It it, it was an inconvenience. I've seen that happen. I have a friend, too, who the same thing happened to, and that was sort of the the moment, the benchmark for her. She was so humiliated on a plane. She weighs over 300 pounds, and that was the beginning of her starting her journey to losing weight. God bless her. Well, it's also a cultural issue, and I heard you mentioning that. Um, for me, a lot of my, my issues with weight started early on because I, my mother's side of the family is of no African descent. I have a Jewish grandmother and a Portuguese-Irish grandfather, and it's like uh, I didn't have a body like any of them. You know, well, with your I, Jewish grandmother, I'm Jewish, trying to force you to eat your... <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's kind of like, Lila, you need to put that down a minute. <laughs> You don't want more. Let's take a walk, you know. Um, So it's true, too, because especially within the African-American Latino population, you know, to them, they say, oh, I'm, as I am right now, which is somewhere between 8 and 10, um, 5, 8, they say, oh, you're so thin. You could use a little. And I'm still saying, I could maybe lose 20 more pounds, 10 more pounds, you know, Um, just because of how I was raised. Yeah, you're right. It is a cultural thing, and we only have about a minute left, and I want to make sure that listeners know where they can purchase your book and, and go online. You have a blog, and you are gorgeous. I mean, you have, you're on the, I think you're a perfect weight, and um, I'm all for being thin, but I, I wouldn't lose more weight. You look, you're in this gorgeous red dress. I like the cover of the photograph on your book. And Kalia Ali, Fighting Weight, How I Achieved Healthy Weight Loss with Banding, a new procedure that eliminates hunger and forever. And uh, I guess the key word here is forever. So, great having you on the show this morning. Oh, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much. And by the way, the book is available every major retailer on Amazon. Yeah, you can buy it online, Amazon.com, all the major bookstores, and even those little bookstores in those tiny little towns. Have a great day. God bless. Thank you for the for the time. Take care. Thank- Thank you so much, and and I do mean that. She is gorgeous, and uh, we didn't mention this, but Kalia is a, a, pl- a plus size model, or she was a plus size model. Uh, so she's she's a model. She designs her own clothes. She also there are a lot of charities that she uh, supports, and they are listed in her book. So she does a lot of great things for a lot of people. Anyway, 
You're listening to the Catherine Zox Show. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you are listening to Voice America, voiceamerica.com women. Coming up next, Dr. Pamela Peek. Talk radio that informs, entertains, and enlightens you. Voice America, Women's Radio Network. Chat with Women reaches boomer women and their daughters. The concept is simple. It's the modern equivalent of having coffee with a million or so of our closest girlfriends. Chat with Women doesn't talk trash and it doesn't dish dirt. It's intelligent programming for intelligent women. Imagine that. Host Pam Gray and Rochelle Alhadif, fun-loving women with enough life experience to go around, want to share their joy and knowledge of life with others. Plan to spend Thursday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific time with Pam and Rochelle on the Voice America Women's Channel. If you can't call mom, call Chat with Women. Real advice for real life from real women. And they keep their listeners laughing and learning with exciting interviews, live call-in sessions, and advice from two revolutionary baby boomers. Join Pam and Rochelle every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time for Chat with Women here on the Voice America Women's Channel. Inner Health Through Homeopathy, hosted by Melissa Birch, CCH, with Dr. Tim Stryker. This show features a weekly discussion about homeopathy, a holistic approach to health care, which treats ailments by bringing the entire body into balance. Homeopathy encompasses and examines the makeup of the entire person instead of focusing solely on a disease or ailment. The healing process involves physical, mental, and emotional changes which come from a wellness within. Homeopathic remedies go far beyond an alleviation of symptoms. They can restore harmony to the body and open paths to a higher level of awareness. Each week, Melissa Birch, CCH, explores a different health issue and individual healing processes with Tim Stryker, MD. Tune in every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel for inner health through homeopathy. Finally, radio that has real depth. Voice America Radio Network. You're listening to The Catherine Zox Show on the Voice America Women's Channel. If you'd like to join our conversation this morning, call now. The toll-free number is 866-472-5788. That number again is 866-472-5788. I'm Catherine Zox, and you are listening to The Catherine Zox Show. I'm your social worker with a microphone, and you are listening to Voice America, voiceamerica.com women. Our show today is all about weight and Joining me this morning, the expert on weight is an author of Fit to Live, the five-point plan to become lean, strong, and fearless for life. Who doesn't want to do that? Is Dr. Pamela Peek. She is a professor at the University of Maryland Medical School, author of several books, and she, the Fit to Live is the five-point plan to become lean, strong, and fearless for life. Welcome to the show. Nice to have you on this morning. Hey, how are you? I'm... I'm fine. I hope I'm fit and le- fit to live. You actually say that most Americans, doctor, are not fit to live. 
I know. It kind of blows your mind. It's it's a very edgy statement to say when you think about it. Um, what does it really mean? Well, you know, I've, I've you notice I've written a number of books. Um, they're national bestsellers. My last one, Body for Life for Women, is a New York Times bestseller. Why do people, you know, what are they reading? What are they liking here? The issue is a template, a simple, straight, straightforward template, mind, mouth, and muscle, which is what I've used in Fight Fat After 40, Body for Life for Women, and others. However, in Fit to Live, I decided to blow this right out of the water and, and go for a much more integrative, holistic approach, which means that I went deeper into where you live, how you live, and all of the things, the elements that tend to sometimes turn into landmines and stumbling blocks when you try to put yourself, you know, in a place of, of, of better self-care. So I'm into alliteration. That's I've now added two I more M's. <laughs> Mind, <laughs> mouth, muscle, money, and macrocosm, which is the environment that you live in, you work in, you breathe in, and you, you know, recreate in. Okay, is and that our, to- doctor, is that our toxic lifestyles? Is that what you're talking about? Oh, man. The toxic lifestyle is if you just sit, wake up one day and just say, wow, what am I doing all day long? You know, you're you're hanging out with someone who, who's cigarette smoking and blowing it in your face. Um, you know, our toxic lifestyle involves everything from environmental cues like that to toxic relationships in our life. A lot of relationships we just don't want to, you know, face because and maybe we don't want to take ourselves on and say we've got to get rid of this person in our life because they're dragging you down and getting in the way of taking care of your mental, spiritual, and physical care. It's important. So that's what I meant by that. In addition to what are you putting in your mouth already and why aren't you moving that gorgeous, wonderful, fantastic, beautiful body more? Because that's what it was meant to do. If you want to know how well you're doing with, you know, wow, am I fit to live, the first thing I want you to do is look at one of the more visuals. What I'd like you to do is look at your tummy right now. That's I'm right. looking at my tummy right now, Doc. Okay, not, everyone look at their belly. I'm okay, not men, women. <laughs> All right. Now, for the grand majority of people, it ain't pretty. All right? Um, for men, um, men are very cute, you know. <laughs> when I always, uh, you know, I'm the chief medical correspondent for Discovery Television, and um, I have a show called the National Body Challenge. And uh, when I'm interviewing guys on, on camera, and I say, wow, what's your belt size? They'll say, oh, 36. And I say, really? Mm-hmm. And I said, you mean 36, but what's that hanging on top of it? And we finally came up with a name for it. It's called Bob, Belly Over Belt. Belly right. over it's, belt, and most middle-aged men have belly over belt. I'm come on, they've got Bob on board. You yeah, know? they've got a lot of it. You know, well, you're talking about the waistline, and you do in your book, obviously, about how important it is. That bottom line is your waistline. Take a look at it, because that has you to do with whether it. you're fit or not. I have a question. Sure. I, there was a, a, a report that, especially in middle-aged men, that the bigger their stomachs are, that's related to the issue of erectile dysfunction as as you get older. Is, is that true? Okay. As you get older, as you get older, it becomes a lot more difficult, um, you know, to rein in that um, that belly weight issue, especially after the critical age of forty for men and women. For men. Um, their sex hormone testosterone or the androgens begin to decline at the rate of about mm, anywhere between 5 to 8% per decade of life starting with age 40, meaning that they soften up there a little bit. Right? Um, for women, we go through estrogen withdrawal 
over the course of, oh, it, it feels like, what, 200 years? Just kidding. Um, but starting with about the age of 40, you know, about 10 to 12, sometimes 15 years. And that's because estrogen is so powerful. It's associated with every single uh, tissue in your body. So as sex hormones decline in both men and women, um, it becomes much easier to, for two things to happen. One is to put more fat weight in the lower poochy part of your um, abdomen, which is between your belly button and your pubis. And in women, I call that the menopot. In men, it's the manopot. Now, you do have uh, all these alliterations. They're very clever. You can, they're good because you can remember them. Yeah, well, that's why I do because when you think about it, I like to come up with sexy, sticky um, sound bites that are real simple um, for people to go, oh, yeah, menopause, that's what I have. Because um, otherwise, what am I going to say? You have um, an excessive amount of subcutaneous intra-abdominal fat. I mean, give me a break already. Yeah, which means um, nothing to most people. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to blow off that medical stuff and just yeah. make it simple. However... It also becomes much easier for men and women to pick up too much fat underneath their abdominal muscle wall, and that fat is the most critical fat on the human body because if you have too much of that, because everyone's got fat inside their belly, they're supposed to have that, but if you have too much and you're starting to look pregnant, then that interferes with the ability of the liver to be able to handle cholesterol, for instance, you get heart disease. To be able to handle insulin, you get type 2 diabetes. To be able to handle immune components, you get cancer. So all of a sudden, you, you realize that if you have too much fat deep inside the belly, it becomes toxic fat because it's highly associated with an increased risk for heart disease, diabetes, and cancer. And here's the real clincher. Ladies and gentlemen, you can have a completely normal weight, and yet your girth is too wide. How many of us know people who have skinny arms, skinny legs, but they look like they swallowed a bowling ball? Yeah. I don't well, look exactly like that, but you know, describing going through menopause and, and probably would be a great subject for you because I am thin, but I do have that stomach thing going on that you talk about, that waistline, and don't know how to get rid of it. Well, now, be very careful now. What I'm going to tell you here is that there are two different kinds of compartments of fat there. The first one is if you're having too much fat underneath the abdominal muscle wall, and the other one is if you have a little too much fat above it. You're probably someone who's more of the above it type, and that means that your menopot, which is the fat that's on top of the abdominal muscle wall, um, is probably a little more excessive than it should be. Grand majority of women will pick up between two and five pounds worth, um, you know, as, as a norm, but the joke is it's more like 20 to 50 pounds worth in America. America today when women you know are coursing through perimenopause if you want to know if you have toxic fat here's a real simple thing to do right now lie down flat on like you know the floor for instance somewhere that's flat and on your back now I want you to take your fingers and I want you to um, put one index finger on each pelvic bone, all right, on, either, on both sides. I don't care how much fat you have there, honey. You've got pelvic bones. So just <laughs> dig in there somewhere. and find. Yeah, man, it's got to be there. Your intestines will be on the floor. All right, now, now what I want you to do is tighten up your abdominal muscle wall right now. Just, ooh, just give it that little tighten up. Now, take your index fingers and course them toward the midline. And so you're just punching down on that abdominal muscle, all right, all the way across. If you're someone who just simply has too much menopot, 
All right, what you'll find is that your abdominal muscle wall will be straight across, all right, and you're going to feel it's like a little trampoline. And that's straight across, and it's not pooching out. Instead, you're going to find that the grand majority of your fat is above there, and it's just soft stuff that you're kind of pinching through. However, if you're someone who is touching your abdominal muscle wall, and that thing is pooching out like a pregnancy while you're lying down flat, uh-oh, either you're pregnant, whoopsies, um, or you've got too much fat deep inside there that's pushing the abdominal muscle wall up like a pregnancy. If that's true, you have toxic fat on board, and y'all better be getting the memo here to get fit to live in well, order to rein yes, that baby in. You need to buy the book because you're very specific about what to do and how Absolutely. to become. Absolutely. And there's also a test in the book, which I always like to take tests and sort of make it very clear about what needs to be done. So you have the test in the book. You have recipes in the book. Uh, you really cover the whole gamut of being uh, fit, fit to live, and uh, I want to make sure that listeners know, uh, you have a website we can go to. I have a website. It's drpeke.com, and, you know, I'm here to teach you the simple, basic elements of what it takes to be fit to live, because the win-win is that you're stronger mentally and physically to be able to fend for yourself, and the second win is you reign in that belly fat. Yeah, you know, you can't walk down the street in any major city, I think, in the United States today, and I would say at least half the people or more have that, that as you talk about, that belly fat, that waistline hanging over. I know, it really freaks me out because as a physician and a scientist who's been working in this field forever, um, I, I literally am just counting morbidity and mortality right and left. I'm just saying how sad it is that these people are going to be running into the kind of problem they're going to run into. It just, so, Dr. It just Peek, why my aren't heart. they listening? Tell us in, in, a, in a minute and a half. Why aren't uh, we have the information is there, whether, uh, you know, your book, radio shows, television, magazines. But it seems to me that the problem is getting worse. Well, here's, here's a couple real quick things. We inadvertently created a society that's making it all but mission impossible to be well. I mean, think about it. Look at it. I mean, we inadvertently did this. We took away any reason to even move your body. We, we surrounded ourselves with cheap, accessible, low-quality food. And then we wonder why we walk around with an extra 60 pounds on board. If I did that to any warm-blooded mammal, that mammal would put, on, would put on weight right and left and be in the same physical situation we're in today. And, you know, it, it, so that's the first thing is the environment. The second piece of this whole thing is that, you know, people are confused. They see all the diets we have for this one. We've got to have you back on diet, the show. Diet, fads, and crazy stuff. In Fit to Live, I just made it real simple and real for people. You, did. you made it simple. You made it real. Great book. Love the book. And uh, we will have you on the show again. Wonderful talking to you today. Thanks so much. Great talking to you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Fit to Live. Pamela Peak, Dr. Pamela Peak. I'm Catherine Zox, and you're listening to Voice America, voiceamerica.com. I'm your social worker with a microphone. Talking about what you care about. News, relationships, health, finances. Voice America, Women's Radio Network.
If you are among the millions who are on the quest to find the fountain of youth, then this is the program for you. Dr. Norm Shealy brings to Internet Talk Radio, Youthful Aging, Secret of the Fountain, every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, 12 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Dr. Shealy's mission is to help you have optimal health and longevity, and the purpose of Youthful Aging is to give you an opportunity to ask your own questions about anything related to health, and everything is related to health. Each week, Dr. Shealy will focus on a particular health topic and welcome your questions, which are the reason for the program. Tune in every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, 12 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel for Youthful Aging, Secret of the Fountain with Dr. Norm Shealy. And discover for yourself the secret of the fountain. Whether you're a weekend warrior, an elite athlete, or a want-to-get-fit-this-year kind of person, there's an athlete in all of us on Everyday Athlete with certified personal trainer Ann Parker. Get inspired to reach the next level of fitness. Ann and her guests, including former and current pro athletes, coaches, and a variety of medical professionals discuss the latest in training techniques for all athletes, from sports nutrition, physical therapy, balance, and agility training to injury prevention, functional training, yoga, Pilates, and team communication and covers it all whether you want to lose that holiday weight get ready for your wedding day train for the next walk run marathon or compete in the olympics everyday athlete provides the know-how to keep you eager excited and motivated with the latest and healthy training techniques everyday athlete with ann parker broadcast each tuesday at 10 a.m pacific 1 p.m eastern on the voice america health and wellness channel everyday athlete tapping into the everyday athlete in every we talk with you, not at you. We're Voice America, Women's Radio Network, the new face of talk radio. You're listening to The Catherine Zopp Show on the Voice America Women's Channel. If you'd like to join our conversation this morning, call now. The toll-free number is 866-472-5788. That number again is 866-472-5788. I'm Catherine Zock, your social worker with a microphone. Welcome back to the Catherine Zock Show. If you're just joining us, it's Voice America, voiceamerica.com, and it's uh, 48 minutes past the hour. Uh, Lauren, so what did you think? Uh, lots to talk about here, huh? Yeah, lots. Both uh, guests were phenomenal. I know, they were. They were They were incredible, and it's really interesting. And I keep asking the same question. I'm, I'm not, you know, it seems like with all this information, things are getting worse so people are getting fatter morbidly obese uh we don't seem to be get to be able to get off this kind of uh, merry-go-round i guess you know i thought dr peak totally nailed it when she said um you know our society is it's against us in this fight to be fit you know it's every you know everywhere you go it's easier to eat unhealthy it's easier to be sedentary you know everything's very interesting right i have a my my boyfriend and I used to have this, or my partner, uh, always had this argument. We would go, if we went to the movies, you know, you go to a big mall or you go to, to, to go to the movie theater or just go shopping, whatever, or out to eat. He always would have to find the parking space that is close to the buildings he possibly could. I said, you know, God forbid you had to walk a few feet. So now it's like, well, why don't we park as far away as we can so we'll get some exercise because, you know, we're not walking and... Uh, 
so we do that. But, I mean, it's all those kinds of things that are turning it on the town. It is yeah. all those kinds. And it's a natural thing to look for the parking, the space closest. And I do the same thing you do. I look, I go to the, I don't even look for anything close. I go to the farthest one out. And, you know, it's funny. I have my parking spot at the grocery store. It's always there because it's the one farthest away. It's under a tree. <laughs> it a has your day. name on it. It has Lauren. your name on it. It's really funny. So I think, you know, we have to go out of our way to think about how to, make our lifestyle more naturally healthy versus, I mean, When I know, go to the li- go to the lifestyle, when I go to the grocery store, Lauren, do you see, I mean, there are more and more people who sit in those... Um, those carts. Those carts who weigh at least 300 pounds or more. Yeah, and I see uh, that a lot. I see that, yeah, and I think that's, I see that more, not less. And so... Uh, in her book, in Dr. Peake's book, she said she she has a in one of her chapters, she has a piece that says, "Name your mental fat. What stressors gave you your toxic belly fat?" Uh huh. I love that. And you have to identify them, make a list, don't hold back. She That's says. That's great. So, like some of the things that she talks about uh, that make you eat and get that belly fat. It, here's one: micromanaging. She calls it the micromanaging boss fat. <laughs> that's funny because I just say, I think that's a, a handing a passing the buck. I think we have to decide: do we want to work for that boss? Yes, you have to make decisions about letting go of these uh, things the in your triggers. life. Yes, yeah, yeah. And, and say goodbye to them. Just as we've talked about, also people. It mean you know, if there are people in your life who are toxic, you have to end the relationship. I think that's the most difficult thing to do. Uh, whether it's a boss, sometimes it's family, sometimes it's friends. That's tough. Uh, she has another one. This this is for you because you are a, a business coach and you obviously are always uh, helping people in business. The fear of starting my own company, fat. Um, <laughs> all of these cause stress and cause you to eat, and if you don't deal with it, you'll eat more and you'll get fatter. The Will I ever find the partner of my life, fat? So funny. It's yeah. A, it's, you know, it's interesting because it's all stuff we make up that we that causes more stress and more, you know, we create this this thought that's, you know, we create this whole energy of this is a hard way to go about life, so then therefore it's a good excuse to eat. And I deserve this. Exactly. And it's a good excuse not to um, work out because we need to get our business up and running or we need to, you know, whatever it is, it's so funny the things we make up that we resist doing, doing that makes us more healthy. See, I have a couple of friends who are like probably 20 pounds overweight, and their thing is I don't want to deprive myself. I feel like I'm deprived enough, so I'm not going to deprive myself. I have, I have actually a person, a client that I've worked with for um, two or three years now, and he's got the same thing going on, but he just he's in the process of losing 100 pounds. And it was very interesting. More recently, we talked about the concept of, you know, do we want to eat like a dog or a cat? You know how dogs eat all their food. And he said that's how he used to be. But he thought about how decadent it was to eat more like a cat, where a cat nibbles and eats to fill her belly or, you know, his belly, whatever, and then moves on and leaves the food for later. Yeah, they know when they're satiated. That's why you can leave cats alone for the weekend. You can't leave a dog and you could leave all the food. I think, and I don't know if you find this in business, though, do you think that... um, there's a, the whole issue of discrimination and, and fat, and oh, we, didn't yeah. really talk, we didn't talk about that. But you know, if you're, for instance, you, I mean, you're a, a business coach and you're helping people to take their businesses to the next level. I mean, is that that can be an issue if you're an entrepreneur and you're fifty, a hundred pounds overweight? I mean, because 
unfortunately, it says a lot about not being able to control your environment, to control yourself, and maybe that can be translated into the way you run your business. It totally. I think our society is so judgmental about overweight people. And it also goes right back to, you know, being in your own business, oftentimes you do a lot of sales. And people do business with people that you like. And we have a judgment about, you know, do we want to do business with someone that is 100 pounds overweight or not? I, you do business with people you're attracted to. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and, and the attraction also, uh, that's translated into whether you like them or not. Uh, yeah, I think that's, that, I mean, I, and I, I'm admitting this, I went into a store the other day and there were like three or four salespeople and uh, three of them were very attractive. The other one was, I would say, morbidly obese. And to be honest with you, I went to the one that I found attractive and had her weight on me. It's not a conscious thing we do. It's unconscious, and it's so true. And I think it's affects, it affects the reasons that people can be successful and not so successful in business and in life. It's sort of sad, but so true. Interesting that we have a culture that so for, you know, really um, helps us gain weight yet we are so judgmental about being overweight. Do you think it's because it's billions of dollars in business? It's, to- it, it's part of it. That it's generated by making money, and so it's from a business perspective, there's some positive aspects of people being overweight and having to go on diets and, and exercise, all the stuff that's associated with stuff that you buy related to being overweight plus food, uh, That is that perhaps that is part of it in terms of our corporate culture it's and it also it, take it even one step further it, it serves our healthcare system you know it serves it just it serves every system that you can think of from a money and monetary standpoint i notice that even in hospitals now or doctors offices that they have if you go in they or i've called up to make an appointment and they will ask me on the phone how much i weigh because they need to know if i'm going to be on the well, I would say double-sized examining table. Oh, my, I've never had that. Have you had that happen? No, I never had that. I That's didn't know why they were asking me. I'm on the phone. I'm making an appointment. I said, well, whatever it was for. And she said, well, how much do you weigh? And I thought, well, I, why are you asking me that? That's and, I mean, what, my pro- what? I never heard that before. Yeah, it was like my problem's not related to weight. And she said, well, we have so many uh, patients who are obese, and so we have to know which examining room we are wow. going to use because Amazing. they yeah, they won't fit on a regular examining table. I'm surprised that they don't ask you that when you fly on a plane. I actually really am. I'm surprised. You know, there's so many. And we talked to one of the guests talked about you not being able to you know sit in an airplane seat. And I think that is a big issue for a lot of people. I get on planes and I'm shocked at how many people are large and and hard to sit in a seat. I get on Southwest Airlines and you can't pick your seat. And to be and I try to pick the thinnest person there because I want to be the most comfortable. I don't want to be fighting for my seat or my armrest. Right. And. About two months ago, I got on a plane, and I sat beside a couple, and both of them were probably 300 pounds apiece. And I'm, like, squinched up in my little seat. Now, that bothered me. I didn't say anything, obviously, and I was sitting on the outside. I was sitting in the aisle, so I did have some room on the right-hand side. But that would not have been my choice because it really did affect my flight. And uh, so, I mean, that's an issue. That is an issue. And, you know, it's interesting because when we fly, if your your bags are over a certain weight, you pay a lot lot of money more. So I'm surprised that they're not asking just to get people to start thinking, you know, what is your weight when you purchase a ticket? Because weight is a big issue when you fly a plane. 
I went business class to Europe once. This was last year, and you know it's it's wonderful and it's it's uh, you know very comfortable, big seats. And there was a morbidly obese woman who probably weighed 400 pounds, and she had bought both seats. Yeah, I think it's so smart and good for her because she was making herself more <laughs> She paid about $10,000 for those right. two seats. It would be easier to lose the weight than, true. <laughs> than to do that. I mean, you I was think it. She probably could have, for that kind of money, she probably could have gotten one of the band surgeries. Yeah, that, the gastric yeah. band Yeah, that's an issue. I, 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 gastric bypass surgery they talk about, but not so much gastric banding. Anyway, it's 58 minutes past the hour, so uh, we're going to say goodbye. Blue by. Thank you very much for a lovely chat this morning. Lauren Deller and Catherine Zox on Voice America, voiceamericawomen.com. I'm your social worker with a microphone. Listen to the Catherine Zox Show every Thursday. Have a great week, and uh, I'll see you next Thursday. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode of The Catherine Zox Show. You can listen live every Thursday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. Want to know more about Catherine? Visit her website at www.catherinezox.com. Be sure to join us next week for more interviews and great conversation with Catherine Zox.